fellow college students, college grads, and sales professionals. I am Joyce Johnson, author, speaker, sales champion, and coach. Thank you for joining me for the Let's Talk About It podcast with Joyce Johnson, hashtag college life. This podcast is all about the opportunities and challenges that our young people have in college as they're working to become inspiring adults. I am so proud today to have this young man with me. I have Bilal Ispo today, and he's a 2018 graduate of high school. He's now a sophomore at North Carolina A&T. HBCU. Yes, it's not in the swag, but I'll take it. I'm a PV grad, allow. I tell everybody that. And um, he's studying pre-law liberal um, studies over at North Carolina and um, North Carolina A&T. You want to introduce yourself? Yes, how are you doing? My name is Bilal Isafu. I am a junior pre-law student at North Carolina A&T. Uh, I'm originally from Togo, West Africa, but I do live in Greenville, North Carolina. Uh, I originally, yeah, I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina, and I aspire to uh, go to law school after I graduate and become either a defense attorney or work in legal and finance. Awesome. So, why law? What what um, enticed you to go into the law field? Why the legal field? Um, being an African American male in America, we have a lot of setbacks and a lot of fallbacks, and a lot of those we can't control. A lot of those things we can't control, but a part of that process, because we don't have a lot of representation and a lot of African-American representation in general, especially in the legal sector. And that's why we get subjected to a lot of things like discriminatory sentencing, getting stopped for the wrong reasons. And it's because we don't have a lot of people that know the law. That's why we can't defend ourselves with the law. We don't have a lot of representation. That's my, that's my main goal, wanting to be a lawyer. So a couple of questions for you to bounce off of that. One, is there anything you're doing in particular while you're in college to educate your male peers on the law? Uh, yes, I actually have my own youth mentoring nonprofit called Kingdom of Youth. And with that, like, it's a, it's a youth mentoring organization dedicated to minority, uh, minority youth in the Guilford County area. So with that, we do a lot of different things. We have, like, our signature mentoring session. We do mentoring, tutoring, and then we give them, like, history and education. Specifically, we do legal education, but we also like incorporate everything, everything dynamic with uh, just being a leader, being able to uh, be self-taught because we're always put in a box in terms of education. And that's what like limits all the things we do. But when you allow uh, children to think for themselves or use the resources that we have a lot of, it's easier for them to learn and actually become educated. Awesome. And, and what's the, the full range of age groups in that group? Uh, we work from uh, elementary school to 12th grade. So it's like, a, it's broad. We first started off just doing middle school just because I felt like middle school was like a, a focused area because that's that area where you're, you know, you're not as young as elementary school, but you're not as old as high school where you're going to be kind of stubborn. We don't want to listen to nobody. That's like the modem age. That's the age we started with. But once we started that, we wanted to do it with other ages just because like, even, even with the high schoolers, you know, not wanting to listen, some people do want to be guided and we weren't just going to, leave them out just because we, you know, the, the common misconception. And while we tried doing that, it actually worked because people like listening to people that are older than them, but not too older than them because they can relate. Okay. And, you know, I was um, talking about that last week with another young man. He said sometimes his mother would mention things to him and he wouldn't really embrace it. And then someone else mentioned, he'd be like, oh yeah, I, I should do that. And I, and I think we've probably all done that. 
you know, in, in our life, right? So I think we've probably all done that. So anyway, um, so I, tell me, uh, you said you want to be able to impact the um, legal field as a whole. Law school is, what's after law school? Um, after law school, I plan on either being a criminal defense attorney or opening my own practice. But I also like, I have a have a business mindset as well. So like, I would I would want to work in legal compliance for maybe corporations and stuff like that. But if I end up doing that to still service my community, I'd probably still like work in nonprofit management. But the overall goal is to become like a criminal defense. Okay. I didn't know if you were going to, you said we're underrepresented. So I'm like, is your goal to become a judge? You know, where, where exactly were we, we going? Where are we headed? So, you know, because if you talk about where we're certainly, you know, not represented enough, I think it's there in that space, right? So, um, of course, in the legal area, but then when you get to court and, and when you get in front of um, those bodies of, of people. So maybe someday we'll see you there as well. You have time. And I like the fact that you said if that's in your calling, because you're going to be most successful if you stick to what you're really called to do. Right. Awesome. So um, why North Carolina A&T for you? Um, that is a, a funny story because I did not want to attend a I'm from Greenville, so you know that's the local school there. Uh, my dad's a professor here, so there were so many reasons <laughs> I didn't want to go here. But um, going back to the calling thing, uh, it happened my senior year, so like I wanted to either go to Howard, Morehouse, and a couple other places uh, to play football, but I ended up uh, not getting the scholarship amount that I wanted, and then ANT ended up offering me offering me a scholarship academically, and I got into my like, honors, honors program for like law, which is like a joint program with Elon. You do three years at ANT to the undergrad, and then two and a half at Elon and you do a doctorate. And that happened. I never heard of the program until my senior year. So when that happened, it was like, all right, maybe ANT is important. And ever since then, I took it, and it's been amazing. Like I've used all my resources, being that I'm from Greensboro, uh, navigating through campus is pretty much easy since uh, I attended the Middle College here. And then ever, ever since then, everything's been good. So ANC is definitely a great, a great school. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm happy you landed in North Carolina ANT. I think it's a great school, great energy. Um, I hung out with some Aggies last year in Atlanta for one of the big games that you guys played. And, and, it, was, <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. Um, you mentioned the uh, middle school program, and we talked about that earlier. Explain to our audience what exactly that program is. Okay, so Kingdom of Youth is a youth mentoring organization dedicated to the empowerment of minorities. Um, it was started last October. I started, I'm the founder of, I started it last October, um, mainly because in high school, I used to volunteer at various middle schools. But once I got to college, I didn't want to stop. But since I had the resources being from Greensboro, I wanted to make it an organization because I knew I wasn't the only student that had an interest in, you know, uplifting the youth. So I turned into an organization um, and we started uh, going to different middle schools like every every day, Monday through Thursday, we teach them leadership skills, we would uh, help them with their work, we would um, basically act as their, as their counselors because, you know, some things they didn't want to explain to their teachers, they'd act certain ways in class, but since we built relationships and connections, so we became that big brother, big sister figure for them and they could easily 
really tell us about anything. And it's crazy the amount of stuff that these young kids go through that like, uh, I, it was a situation where some kid told me a situation and I and I was surprised that he was listening to that because he would act like nothing happened. And to see that young people at that age are going through so much and then when they go in school and act out, uh, we blame them, but it's really, it's really outside of their, it's really outside of their uh, limits, basically. So, yeah, Absolutely, that, outside their space of control mm -hmm. because they don't have that, that security that they need in their life to feel comfortable and to be comfortable with themselves. And, and I, that's, you know, I think that's, um, I think you're wise beyond your years a little bit here, <laughs> um, but to be able to um, have that insight and to be able to give of your time and to work that, you know, with those groups and, um, you know, become a positive influence for those students is, is really, a, you know, it's really great. And it's something that you're going to be able to carry with you in your spirit um, for many years. And hopefully you'll be able to continue with that program. Um, I know you want to leave North Carolina, so I don't know where life will take you after this, but wherever you go, hopefully you'll be able to um, participate in a program at some level and still um, give back. Um, so tell me, do you have all this serious um, stuff you do? You volunteer, you start organizations. Um, what do you do for fun? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I like to say uh, all the stuff I do, I enjoy. But in terms of leisure, um, I like to spend my weekend sometimes when I have it sleeping because I'm tired throughout the week. So that's, that's a leisure activity. Doesn't sound like you sleep much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get to on the weekend sometimes. Um, and also just uh, spending time hanging out with my friends when I can. Just throughout the week, like I said, like I barely get to, I barely really get to like live there regular college student life because I'm involved in a lot. So it's it's it's, a, it's still a good experience that's why I say sleep hanging out with friends and family. That's that's what I like to do in my week. Okay. Um looking at that recording button, I'm like, is that thing recording? It looks like a little flash. It keeps flashing or something. But anyway, hopefully <laughs> we don't have to re-record. So you know, you caught my eye on LinkedIn. I am always sharing with college students the need to be on LinkedIn. So how did you get to LinkedIn? What made you create a LinkedIn profile? Um, honestly, I saw that, well, I actually really created my LinkedIn like last year. And in doing that, like I realized that that's like one of the only platforms out right now that uh, allows college students to connect with people professionally uh, advertise and market and sell their sell their skills to uh, other companies that are looking uh, for their services and stuff like that. So LinkedIn, I like to look at LinkedIn as like a professional Facebook. So we have every other social media. We have Instagram, Snapchat. Why not have a social media that actually uh, is go is working towards helping our people? So that's why I created my LinkedIn. Yes, and helping you prepare um, to make those connections. I. Um, I, so I teach a business communications class now at one of the colleges here in Houston, and I was sharing with the team today, I said, you'll be surprised when you reach out to people, how willing they are to have a conversation with you about business. And then really, and I reached out to you to have this conversation. So I saw your posting where you were at the HBCU Summit. Um, tell the audience about that. How did you get involved with that? Um, you know, what was it, the participation alike and like, and um, what did you, what was your takeaway? 
Okay, so I applied to the uh, Goldman Sachs APT Leadership Summit in the summer, so like around July. One of my uh, advisors sent the link to me, and I saw, and also I saw like for a chance to apply. I never really heard of like the well, I heard of the summit before, but I didn't know how how great how many people applied to it till I got my acceptance letter. It was like uh, you were selected out of a thousand applicants. I was like, wow, this is amazing. So they selected like. Yeah. 100 HBCU students from different HBCUs. Uh, they flew us out to New York. We stayed in a nice hotel. Uh, we <laughs> rode the ferry to their, like, they had a tall building. We rode the ferry to the building. We got to uh, network with the company executives. We met the CEO. We met the head of diversity inclusion. We met, like, many great individuals. They gave us, like, the company's vision, why they're looking to recruit HBCU talent. They basically, like, gave us a sense of hope because, you know, there's this whole stigma that's, like, Oh, once you graduate college, it's gonna be hard for you to find a job, especially in a large corporation. But they kind of like uh, broke that broke that uh, stigma down. They basically explained to us that there's a need for young HBCU talent, and they flew us out on this opportunity to expose us to that. And then the second day of the uh, the summit, we got the interview. So basically, when we did the application, you also like applied for either a full time position or an internship position for summer 2020, and then you got the interview for that. So the second day was like an interview for that. So they told us the opportunity and then also gave us the opportunity. So it was an amazing experience. And also, I got to network with different people from different HBCUs. I got to meet people from different majors, their different aspirations and goals. Some people, I definitely connected with them too because I know along the way I may need them. They may need me because we're all going somewhere. Yeah, so you guys can stay connected on LinkedIn or other social media avenues. And I, I just think that, you know, that is an amazing opportunity that Golden Sachs offer you guys, Goldman Sachs. And the fact that you were able to go and to also interview, right? So now you're looking ahead at an internship. If you follow up and stay in contact and let them know about um, your progress and what you're doing in school, there's an opportunity to get an internship and maybe go right into working for that organization or working it for one of their competitors, you know, getting a little bit of market experience before going to law school. Because every... Every, and I share with young people all the time, every company has a legal team, every company, right? You just don't have to be that courtroom attorney or what have you. So while you're preparing for the next steps in the legal world, you can always do an internship or work for a couple of years um, in a legal department within an organization, right? So, um, you know, congratulations for being, a, being, for being selected and, you know, and just for having the foresight to, you know, receive that email and act on it because a lot of times we send information and share information and the students don't act on it so you you know so give yourself a pat on the back for um seizing a moment and the opportunity so my my next book that i'm writing is um why sales for college um well why sales for athletes actually it started around talking about college athletes and, you know, the fact that only 2% of the college athletes, 6% of all athletes go into college to play and um, 2% goes into the pro. So how did you feel not being able to play football in college? Um, that, that, that was really tough. Um, like I said, all throughout high school, I was a, a I was an athlete. I played football and ran track. That was my that was my goal all through high school. Oh, I'm gonna uh you know get an offer from here. I'm gonna play football throughout college. Be a college athlete. 
And when it got to the point where that didn't work out, I really just had kind of had to switch gears into what I wanted to do. So I wanted to, I basically had to apply that same, that same energy, that same hustle, everything into not just the sports, but applied it to my actual career. Once I realized like I couldn't play anymore, I was like, that's not going to stop me achieving my long-term goals. So that same energy, last year I applied to like over 100 internships. Uh, just like wow. I sent my film to 100 <laughs> coaches, I applied to 100 <laughs> internships. I applied, I started getting really involved in campus, did different things, started the youth mentoring organization, kept myself involved because I said that just because I couldn't do what my old dream was, doesn't mean I had to stop pursuing my my new dream. So I basically just applied the same energy into something different and it started working out for me. And now that's, that's where I'm going with, that's the plan. So I, I like what you said, just because you couldn't pursue your old dream didn't mean you couldn't be successful in your new dream, right? And, um, you know, so I hope our audience is hearing that and they're receiving that because sometimes, you know, I, I have a young man in my class that um, was going to play baseball and he was injured actually while he was trying out for a team. But um, I was, the thing I was telling him about is how the reason companies want to hire athletes and people like yourself is because you do have that natural leadership um, skill. You do have that natural go get it, right? So basically you took what you've been doing on the track field and on the football field, and you just moved that over to your academics and went for it wholeheartedly. So that is, you know, and, and that's what it's all about. And that's why a lot of people, a lot of companies and, and franchises and things, they seek out um, athletes and working with athletes, not to say that you guys are only ones with that hustle, but <laughs> that's a big reason why. So I, I really applaud you for being able to to do that. And so how long did it take you to make that decision? How, how long did you mold over it? Um, I would say it took me like the whole first semester because like my plan was to walk on and I was doing all this training, doing this and that. Then it got to a point where it was just like, what's the point? Because I looked at the, not to say that, you know, I gave up on myself, but I just looked at all the energy I was applying to and applying it to and seeing like what I could actually do and apply, actually apply it to. And then it just hit a switch. Basically, I was like, well, I love playing football, but I'm not really, I don't, my plan is to become a lawyer. So yeah, I can, you know, walk on, do all this practice, do all this stuff, but like that's taken away from achieving like my actual goal. So why don't I take the right. time that I'm doing all this and actually apply? So it took a while because like I said, like that was the dream, that was the goal. It's hard once you're, when you have uh, been waiting for something your whole life and then it finally just switches, like that transition is the toughest transition because it's like, wow, now what do I have? And what I see most people do, because I'm not the only person like in the predicament, like they, they hang on to the dream until like the dream basically diminishes everything they do. And I didn't want that to be me. So I kind of just had to switch gears. And once I did it, like I, I'm glad I did it because it, a lot of things started, open, doors started to open it up. And like I said, internships, different conferences, I started meeting different people. And I was like, wow, like I couldn't even get this amount of response from like all the stuff I was doing for football. So like, why was I even doing it? But, yeah. Right. So did you did you have a talk with your mom and dad about it? What was some of the 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 insight that they provided around it? Uh, my dad, like I said, my dad is a professor. My dad, academics was always first. So in his mind, like it was just like school was gonna be school was the option anyway. So like when I said it, he was like, I mean, you can go pursue it. 
But just know he he gave me the statistics. This is the amount of people that make it to the league. This is the amount of people this and that. Gave me the league. You know, like I said, it's one of those things where somebody else is saying it. You don't really listen. You're just like, oh, he's being a parent. But then once, like, I actually sat down, listened to a couple people, maybe people that actually, like, experienced, you know, the whole walking thing on the team or took the route and it didn't work, then I kind of uh, actually applied it to myself. You know, when you hear from your parents, it's just like your parents are being famous. You know, right. Take it in right. the first time. But after the fact. They just don't want me to be great. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of that <laughs> And thing. all they want is for you to be great. So after the fact, and after I did what I did and switched gears and everything was happening, it was like a, okay, you're right, you're right, Dad, you're right, Mom, you were right, but it was one of those type of things. Okay, good, good. So um, another thing in my my book, I always say that um, every athlete that I know, professional, high school, college, whoever, they always remember the last game played. What do you remember about the last game you played? Uh, I remember the. I remember that we we, we were third round playoffs. Uh, the score was nine to five. We scored a touchdown and the ref called it back. And yeah, that that, no. that was devastating. That was my last game ever. Like, last that game was the last game. game played. I I you know I know it. Every athlete always knows the last game played. Well, you know we're gonna wrap up here. What would you like to share? with other college students this is your sophomore year you sort of jumpstart thing because you did the the middle program um and then you're planning to go to law school but you know you've overcome some obstacles yourself to get where you are today and you know build that mindset what is something that you like to share with your college peers um uh the main thing i would say is always uh believe in yourself because um a lot of people a lot of people, when stuff happens to people, we rely on others to give us the satisfaction or to give us, like, to give us that uh, feeling of hope, feeling of this. You should believe in yourself. Because at the end of the day, when situations happen, you're only stuck with yourself and your thoughts. So, like, always thinking positive regardless of negative situations. Because, yes, other people can give you positive thoughts, positive situations. But when you're in your room alone, when those negative thoughts come, if you yourself don't, uh, tell yourself that everything's going to be fine, that you're better than the situation, then you're not going to overcome it because you're relying on other people's input when at the end of the day, you're in charge of your own success. So just always believe in you and always strive uh, to do better than what you did the day before. Great. I agree. That's great advice, Bilal. So um, tell our listeners, where are you on social media? How can they reach out to you and connect with you? Okay, so the first one, LinkedIn. You can follow me LinkedIn. on Instagram at B-I-L-A-L-I-S-S-I-F-O-U. And then my Instagram is the real Bilal. So the real with two L's, B-I-L-A-L. Awesome. And so thank you guys for listening. This has been Let's Talk About It with Joyce Johnson, hashtag college life. Um, I am Joyce Johnson, author, speaker, sales champion, and coach. And I can be reached on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter at I am Joyce Johnson. Thank you for listening and make it a great day.